walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paying more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. 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 What's up, everybody? Hardest part of the ring is here. Oh, is here for a very spooky episode <laughs> in February. Um, <laughs> I guess Valentine's Day is kind of scary for some people, whatever it is. WCW Halloween Havoc 1994. One of their uh, premier pay-per-views, at least going forward for WCW. Big show, big ramifications from this show, or so they would have you think. Where are we at? Where are we at with WCW? Well, we just had Fall Brawl 94. And if you caught that show, well, guess what, motherfuckers? You're about to watch it again. <laughs> A lot of rematches. A lot of rematches. But, man, there are some... Non-rematches that are also there that maybe, uh, shouldn't have been. <laughs> no, very, um, I actually did enjoy watching this show. Uh, the good and the bad. And the just kooky, you know? <laughs> Pull on your pud. But, uh, yes, yeah, so a fall brawl, if you remember from that episode that I did, you'll remember a, uh, a big moment of that show was the, uh, riveting fucking 20 minute promo between Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan via satellite. If you remember Hulk Hogan's sitting on a shoulder press machine, he's all sweaty, he's dripping, he's all veiny, he's all vascular, he's all turgid, his, his veins are turgid. And uh, speaking of which, he's talking to Ric Flair who is surrounded by uh, lots of women in Vegas and they're rambling on, basically establishing that they're going to have a career versus career match. At Halloween Havoc, which is where we are right now. So that is the main event of this show. Career versus career. Man, what an era. What an era. It's amazing to, to know that, you know, this will be the last time we'll see Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan in a uh, in a uh, wrestling, wrestling ring. Um, other than, you know, last week on Raw. But I digress. I digress. So we have that. In the main event for the world title, of course, lots of hilarious shenanigans at play there. Um, but like I said, a lot of rematches. We got we get a, a proper match between Steve Austin and Jim Duggan, uh, or as proper a match you can have with Jim Duggan in 1994. Um, 
Yeah, the tag title rematch from last from Fall Brawl. We have Vader and Guardian Angel because apparently they just have to fight each other at every pay per view. And um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't want this intro to be too long because I want to get to Elvis versus Little Richard as quickly as possible because that is how you open a show hot is by having. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But. To join me on this podcast today is Joey from The Angle Podcast, a uh, previous guest on The Apron Bump. You may remember him from the Invasion 2001 episode I did. That is the infamous, uh, he, he had like a lot of background noise. My audio was erroneously coming from my uh webcam <laughs> so and it was on the invasion episode where that occurred so it's like of course it's gonna be a a whole thing but crystal clear audio this time around we did it right and uh yeah joey from the angle podcast you can check his podcast out at theangleradio.com follow him on twitter and instagram at the angle radio and all other social media platforms really great podcast that joey does he does uh, interviews uh, we talk about it uh, towards the end of the pod- of the podcast, but he, uh, out now you can listen to him interview Moose from uh, Impact Wrestling, uh, Nick Aldis, the real world champion, Tyson Kidd, uh, or TJ Wilson, Ryback. The Ryback one was really good in particular, um, just because he's such a <laughs> such a character. But uh, yeah, Joey also does uh, pre and post shows for uh, at least the WWE shows throughout the week. And uh, whatever kind of tickles his pickle as far as uh, what he wants to talk about. So go check him out, YouTube and all podcast platforms. And check me out. Well, you're already, why am I telling you to check me out when you're literally listening to me? I'm already at the outro. <laughs> I'm already in outro mode. Let's get to it. Let's, let's start talking. Let's get to Honky Talk Man. WCW, Halloween Havoc 1994, with myself and Joey from the Angle Podcast. <laughs> Chill, change of pace. Yeah. No background noise. None of that bullshit. My audio isn't coming from my webcam that's five feet away. Man, we're really just figuring things out over here, aren't we? Yeah, seriously. It's amateur hours. (laughs) Man. So, yeah, man, did you you, uh, you have time to check out the show? I did. I watched it this weekend, and I actually uh, watched before some clips, some maybe like parts that I missed and things like that. So, yeah. Um, so I think, I think we talked about this last time, um, we did a, we did a, we did a show together, but you kind of got into wrestling, like pretty much after WCW went out of business. Is that right? Uh, kind of, and kind of not, I, I'm a nineties baby. I was born in 93. So I was kind of around in that time frame. Uh, but my family at the time ultimately watched, uh, WCW. So it was kind of later on that I was introduced to WWF. I think more mm-hmm. towards the later '90s. Originally, it was WCW. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of have a similar path because, like, because my dad was a huge WCW fan, and he would always like make me watch Goldberg matches. At the time, it was like it, that was like very fuzzy in my mind. But it was WWF that ultimately like sucked me in and made me a fan, and I was pretty much a all WWF kid growing up. Honestly, um, it was the same for me too. Like, yeah. uh, my family watched WCW because at that time. It was like Ric Flair and Hogan and all of those, you know, former WWE guys or WWF guys were there. 
So everybody watched WCW, but later on, like in the later 90s, even like 96, 97 time, I kind of got into WWE because that's when we saw Hulk Hogan, uh, not Hulk Hogan, uh, Stone Cold and things like that. So right. Hooked me there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't even know if you would remember this or not, but like, because like 94, 95, it's all about Hulk Hogan, at least in WCW. Yeah. Do you remember like people that were watching it with you, your family, whoever it was, do they, because I'm watching this show, right? And I know at this point, or at least like in later WWF and his run, his first run, uh, people were getting kind of tired of Hulk Hogan. Um, And that, that kind of translated to this show too, as well. There was some like, I mean, we'll get to it in the main event, but there's like Hogan sucks chance. And it just seemed like Flair was getting bigger pops and stuff. So I'm, I've always wondered if that fatigue kind of carried over to WCW. Do you remember like people you watched WCW with really liking Hulk Hogan at the time? Uh, I think so. You know what? I, yeah. I was introduced to wrestling from my grandfather. Uh, at that time, he was a war veteran. So mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan, you know, being all American and things like that. Everybody kind of loved Hulk Hogan and they weren't, you also have to think too, I think the older generation, they weren't as involved in wrestling as we are, at least today. Mm-hmm. So they weren't as involved, uh, like I said, as we are. So they kind of liked who people cheered for and they didn't like who people booed for. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody liked Hulk Hogan. You have to work harder to be a smart back then. You had, you had to call the hotline. Exactly. <laughs> they had in this show, it always cracks me up when I see it watching back. And you know what's funny too about that hotline? When I watched this show back, they put like a uh, like a sensor over the, on the WWE right. Network. They put a sensor over it saying uh, numbers no longer in use. Like someone's actually going to call <laughs> it today. <laughs> well, what do you mean Sting still isn't waiting for my call? Yeah, like ninety four. <laughs> it's still available. Man, I wonder who got that number. Or if it's still even active. It was like the first two minutes of the show. Like they have, you have uh, Tony Schiavone and uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gene Oakland kind of, you know, introducing commentary. And it's like, they have the thing at the bottom. This this number no longer like is valid or something. I was laughing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's, that's one thing too. Like the general pace of the show. Cause I think me and you had like pretty much the same familiarity with this era of WCW. And it always, it caught me like, it was like jarring how like, like the show opens up, they have all this pyro and they have the video package and everything. The crowd's going crazy. And then they just cut to the commentators who talk for a little bit. And then in between matches, they'll talk. It seemed like a weird pace of the show. And I feel, feel like the momentum was getting like stopped by the commentators having to like recap the show in between every match. Yeah, you know what it was? They would all it would start with the commentators and then you would you get some sort of match and then you get this backstage segment that's like a a 10 minute flare promo or a 10 minute, you know, Hogan promo and then you go back to come it was it's a weird setup opposed to what yeah. we watch today, but it's it's kind of hard to like kind of hard to hate on them for it because it was so long ago. Right. Opposed to where they are today, but mm watching as a fan today it was definitely like it, it, it like you said it kind of like takes your interest almost away from what's going on because mm-hmm. there's so much going on yeah i feel like we almost take for granted the the production value of wwe and even AEW at times and how like seamless all their transitions are is in between matches and segments like that but i do have to say though a lot of similarities now that i'm watching back old w- wcw stuff because i didn't just stop there i watched like 
I watched a few other shows from after this pay-per-view. Oh, really? And yeah, just because I was, I don't know, I got into it and whatever. And I see a lot of similarities today with AEW than where the same with WCW back in the day. Not just, you know, hearing Tony Schiavone on on commentary, but uh-huh. just a lot of different similarities they do with production, like pyro and, and camera angles right. and things like that. Yeah, yeah. At least AEW doesn't uh, lower cages down sideways. Uh, yeah. I guess. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> that, but I want to get ahead of ourselves. We'll, we'll spend at least two hours talking about that. But Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, this era is all about Hogan. Um, it's definitely because I've been watching these shows back uh, pretty regularly and yeah, these shows are kind of formatted around Hulk Hogan. He's in the main event and then we'll kind of just figure out the rest of the card afterwards, I guess. Got it. Um, but one thing that caught me off guard. So the last show was a fall brawl and the main event of that show was a war games match, which was uh, it was Dustin Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes, the Nasty Boys versus uh, Bunkhouse Buck, Terry Funk. Colonel Parker and Arn Anderson. And that was a rivalry that had been going on for months, like several pay-per-views, um, different iterations of matches in between. And that war games match, I mean, it's, it's a culmination, or at least in my mind, it's a culmination of a rivalry. Even today in NXT, when we see them, it's kind of like a culmination of course. times, but there was a lot of the, <laughs> like the, the Terry Funk and Buck versus nasty boys match. And then he had Arn versus Dustin, there's a lot of rematches on this show. Um, and I know you kind of just, you just popped in um, at this show. So I'm kind of curious as to what your general thoughts of, of the entire show were, because I kind of looked at it in comparison to their, their past matches. When you're looking at this show, you kind you have to also remember on the WWE side of things, they were, this is where they started kind of killing uh, WCW with their pay-per-views. You had, you know, rest, different WrestleManias, and now you see uh, Muhammad Ali in there. And there a lot of different people that you saw kind of go back and forth from WWE or WWF to WCW, uh, just just like Dustin and just like Arn. So to me now, looking back at it, it's like they're trying to recreate something in a sense. Right. Um, using all these guys just with different names and different characters or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just, I don't know. I, I just feel like I, I've, I've seen, I've seen this before in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had the exact same uh, thought watching the show and there, there was some good, some pretty good matches on the show, but man, of course, there, was yeah. some, uh, there was some uh, not so good matches, but <laughs> <laughs> we can't, we can't get into that until uh, we talk about uh T Graham Brown who uh, sang the national anthem. What's uh, hey Joey? What's your favorite T. Graham Brown song? Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. I remember that one. That's a good yeah. one. That's a great one, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, like 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 we said, you know, the show opens up. It's pyro. They go to the commentators. They run down the show, and then we get to the first match. The WCW Television Title is on the line. We have the champion Johnny B. Bad versus B. Bad versus honky tonk man <laughs> in 1994 wow yeah, at least they kept his character thank god what would we do without that <laughs> johnny b bad <laughs> do you so do you have any like memories of at least like mark marrow in wwf yeah it's one word sable yeah exactly mr sable yep 
is what he's known as. Yep. And that's kind of how I've always had him in my mind. Took a great power bomb. Oh, he should. <laughs> the Sable gave a great power bomb. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> but God, man, this this little Richard blackface, weird mustache, Johnny be bad is bizarre. It, it catches me. He first of all, he opens up every WCW show, every single one for whatever reason. Um, you know, my favorite him? part was sorry to tell you off. No, my no, favorite part was in his entrance when he opened up his cape. And if you notice, almost everybody who had an entrance on the show had a cape on, but that's besides right. the point. <laughs> he had fireworks or little, like, like little, I don't know what you even call them, sparklers coming out right, of his, yeah. <laughs> out of his cape from his hands. Well, yeah. How are we supposed to understand his character unless he has a fire coming from his body? Of course, got to be bad, play with fire. Right. Yeah. We got. We got to nail it in. <laughs> we got to make sure the viewers understand that this guy is a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah man and the, oh, jesus christ and then we have the honky tonk man so we have elvis versus little richard basically yep and i didn't i was gonna research the backstory to this match but i <laughs> didn't even care to look into it i think it's literally here just for the the imagery of it yeah honestly <laughs> yeah and i mean my extent of the honky tonk man as far as me watching him is the 2001 royal rumble when he got his shit kicked out of him by Kane. That's yeah. pretty much all I know about him. <laughs> and he was a great, he was a great, I believe, Intercontinental Champion as well. Right, yes. But, yeah. I mean, to the newer generation, they would just know that Kane. <laughs> like you said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> even in 1994, I feel like he's a little, like, past, I mean, he's definitely past his prime, but I think the crowd's even like, oh, why is this guy on our, on our TV right now? Yeah. But, uh, so this match is for the TV title. 10 minute time limit and uh boy howdy it's a lot of headlocks a lot of yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, chin holds a lot of punching a lot of a lot of irish whips and then uh it's a draw those 10 minutes of that time limit draw yep great uh, way to open the show right get everybody excited man if there's one way to pump up a crowd it's to have a very flat boring 10 minute match or With the honky like talk a, man. Yeah. <laughs> Boring nine minutes and 30 seconds. And then kind of an exciting last 30 seconds. But then yep. it just ends. And no guitar use. No, nothing. No. Man, I didn't even think about that. How are you going to have honky talk man on your show and not have a guitar shot? Yep. WCW. It's like having Johnny <laughs> be bad and no sparklers out, out of your face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but my favorite part, actually, of this first match was the aftermath where, uh, first of all, Johnny be bad at celebrating like he just won the Super Bowl, even though he just barely escaped out with a time limit draw after getting his ass kicked for 10 minutes straight. And uh, he's on the second rope celebrating with the title. And then a uh, honky tonk man comes up behind him, picks him up off the turnbuckle and gives him an atomic drop. But luckily, what a move, what a maneuver. Uh, atomic I, drop. I, generally it is, but. <laughs> <laughs> what an egg honky had on his face because apparently Johnny B. Bad had a bionic asshole or something because <laughs> it did not affect him. <laughs> what a maneuver. Johnny B. Bad, Johnny No Cell, what? Man, there it is. There it is. We're, we're, we're finding it. We're finding yep. his new gimmick for yep. his return. Yeah, so, yep, the crowd's pumped up. I'm pumped up now. Can't wait to see what else is after this. Um, <laughs> so after this, they recap... Uh, what happened on Clash of Champions a few weeks ago. So it's pretty much building up to the main event of Hogan versus Flair 
So on uh, Clash of Champions, they were supposed to meet Hogan and Flair, but uh, Hogan got attacked by a mysterious masked man. The masked man. With the, those damn masked mans. With a crowbar or whatnot. Was it, I think it was a, it might have been a crowbar. It was some sort of. Something uh, like that. Some sort of erect hard object to the uh, the knee of Hulk Hogan. Yep. Um, there are a lot of references to the, um, oh my God, who's the skater that got her leg broken? Tanya Harding is the one that did it. No Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I know I know who you're talking about. I don't know. I wouldn't even have any idea what her name was. We don't know anything about anything on this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if that All was a reference to wrestling. That. Wrestling, and we barely know that. So <laughs> we have, uh, so they're building up like, first of all, I don't know why the fuck Mr. T is here. I'm so, I'm so annoyed of his presence. It's 1994. It, even back then, it's like seven years past when he was a thing. Yeah. Well, like I said, it, it's them trying to recreate what WWF was doing. Right. That was their way of trying to compete. Because at this time, you had WrestleMania, you had SummerSlam. There was bigger WWF pay-per-views. And I believe WCW were only running like two like two major pay-per-views a year. It was like the Great American Bash and then something else. Starcade. Mm-hmm. And this is their way of kind of competing. So let's, you know, recreate what WWF did. It's kind of like what we see today when they bring back these legends and try to recreate what they had done already, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. They have like all the celebrities in the crowd. Like, like we said, Muhammad Ali's there. Yep. Um, did I, did I mention that by the way? Muhammad Ali's there. If I didn't mention that, um, they showed him on screen for like two seconds and then, said fuck you he was like in the um, opening of the like the pyro scene and he wasn't even looking he was like looking down it was right. like an awkward no mention on commentary nope he's just it happens to be there i'm looking at the screen like wait is that is that muhammad ali and then they cut away that's exactly what i did too i was like wait <laughs> <laughs> the greatest boxer ever like and what's even funnier is they said that hank aaron was there it was like hank aaron and somebody else but they weren't there um, apparently, according to the, the what I read on online and the Internet's always right. So, of course, a lot of celebrities and a lot of celebrities to watch the WCW tag team titles on the line. We have the champions stars and stripes versus pretty wonderful. And uh, for anyone not aware, stars and stripes is uh, Marcus Bagwell, a.k.a. Buff Bagwell and the Patriot. So uh, your your grandfather and your family must have loved this team because boy howdy were they American and shoving it just right yeah, in your face. But here's the thing though, like Hulk Hogan, everybody believed as like you know an, an American, a real American, whatever the hell this, his thing. These was. guys got the flag on their their tights. What are you talking about? Yeah, but some of the some of it just gets like played out, like you know it's a gimmick, you know. But his name's the Patriot. Yeah, I don't know. It's not Hulk Hogan. It, Listen, uh, I'm not speaking for myself. I'm speaking as like from like like my grandfather who like who would see who would see some characters and be like, "This is bullshit. Look at this. You know, this is <laughs> ridiculous." He he doesn't like the masked man with a, an American flag mask and yeah, like, I think they both had capes, didn't they? My, my like my my grandfather would is the guy who would be like, "You don't deserve to wave the American flag." Like some like harsh like nonsense like that. Right. <laughs> oh, man. But yes, then we have them facing the team of Pretty Wonderful, which is uh, Paul Roma and Paul Orendorf. The two Ps. The two Ps. Two Pauls. And, um, you know, other than my, my previous reviews of these shows, I'm not too familiar with these guys outside of this. Um, 
I mean, they definitely are like uh, when you when you watch the show, there's there's not a lot of athletes per se. Yeah. Um, but I would say in this tag match, you have four pretty, pretty capable guys in the ring, um, even though this match, because it's kind of like what I brought up you know, earlier, this show felt like a lot of rematches to me. Yeah, it's one of them because these guys faced off at the previous pay-per-view. And, you know, me watching this, all I'm thinking is, man, I liked that match a lot better than this match. Um, personally, I think I enjoyed Bobby the Brain Heaton's commentary <laughs> during this match more than the actual match itself. He is one of the greatest talkers, I think, in the history of, of the business. Absolutely. So, like, anything he touched was just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, they were, like, theorizing on who's uh, who's under the mask of the Patriot. And immediately when Tony Schiavone asks Bobby, he's like, Al Gore. It's like, of course, of course, of course it Gore. is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and a cool thing about Paul Orndorff too. And, and as we go, like, as we're talking about these matches and before, even when I watched it, a lot of these, a lot of the people involved in this pay-per-view were big parts of like Hulkamania and Hulk Hogan's, you know, yeah. run. Like you have Paul Orndorff, for example, WrestleMania with with Mr. T and, and Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. you know, a huge part of not even WWF history, but also Hulk Hogan. So everything is kind of like what you said before. Everything kind of plays its way into or builds up to the main event because they're all pieces of Hulk Hogan. And I guess Ric Flair, too. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Even even like, you know, Mr. T and Muhammad Ali, even who was at WrestleMania. as Exactly. Well. Just these little pieces here and there. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, so yeah, this match is pretty much pretty wonderful. The heels beaten up on Buff Bagwell for like 98% of this match. Um, I don't even remember the Patriot ever even getting tagged in. Um, but maybe I just missed it. Maybe I blinked and missed it, but, um, really, a really solid match. There was one spot in particular that caught my eye. It was a very like simple spot. It was where, uh, Orndorff threw Bagwell into the ropes and then Paul Roma put his knee up. To, to hit Bagwell in the back and the crowd went ape shit for this like so much heat for that like simple heel tag yep. team move it's so much it's so it's such like a fun time in wrestling when like these simple things just create so much reaction from the crowd yeah and I think also too because people really believed in the characters then as yeah. you know opposed to what we what we have today where like everybody everybody knows the the real person behind the gimmick and they know it's not a gimmick they know it's a gimmick and blah 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 you know back Mm -hmm. then when you claimed you were for example the patriot you know everyone was everyone believed oh he's he's for america obviously not my grandfather but everybody (laughs) else really really you know was into those kind of characters so when you you know when a heel hits a move like that the slightest knee up when he goes against the ropes Uh you know and you get a massive massive reaction it's because Everybody loves like there was such a distinguished uh, line between heels and faces back then. Yeah, yeah, and today those lines get kind of blurred, and you know people may argue which is better, but I think there's definitely value in an established narrative as far yeah. as you know in a true babyface. Yeah, a true yes. babyface. You know, despite where they are in the card, a true babyface back then was like a Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Um, yeah, and pretty wonderful are like the perfect heels because I'm watching this match and I can like, yeah, I can believe that they're dicks. Yeah. Just in how the, how they walk, the mannerisms. Yep, the facial expressions too. There's there's like nothing. It's just yeah. like we're coming here to do work and go home. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, this finish of this match is pretty nice. Um, so we had Bagwell hitting a fisherman suplex um, onto Paul Orndorff with a bridge, so he has him pinned. Um, but, but the, the Patriot, damn referee, man! That that those damn referees—they're always distracted. One job. <laughs> we need Pay like attention. ten referees out here because the Seriously. Patriots getting all hot and bothered over there. He's he's you know he's all sweaty. He got oiled up for this match, and he's not even getting tagged in. So he's like trying to fight everybody, but uh, the ref gets in, tries to uh, lead him to the corner because he's not sure if he's going to be able to find it. Um, but as the ref is dealing with the Patriot, that uh, Paul Roma comes off the top rope with a pretty nice looking elbow, if I do say so myself, onto uh, it was. Bagwell here. And uh, Orndorff just rolls over and pins Bagwell. So they win the WCW tag team titles here. And new. And new. I wish Michael Buffer was the one. Or was he even? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I'm talk about Michael Buffer and how much he fucking sucks. By the way, I can't is, stand Michael Buffer. Is if there is there is there much to even talk about? Just the fact that he sucks. <laughs> I think that pretty much covers it. <laughs> pretty much tie a bow around that one. Or <laughs> he sucks. God. Period. Next. <laughs> the man coming out in the red trim, like yeah, we see it. What are you talking yeah. about? In shoes. He's wearing <laughs> shoes. Filed his taxes on time. Just useless yeah. facts when he's introducing Seriously. people. Seriously, oh, like those little things we get on SmackDown. Like, was a world champion right. 17 <laughs> years ago for three days and 20 minutes. <laughs> Naomi's husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that literally is. He's, he's that, but just That's audibly saying it. Yeah. Man. But what sucks even worse is Kevin Sullivan versus Dave Sullivan. <laughs> should we even say his name is dave sullivan or should we just say like hulk hogan jr is it it's uh like uh i'm trying to think of like a smaller version of hulk it'll come to me it'll come to me but uh yeah hulk hogan jr is uh he even had new music entrance music for this event and they made it clear on commentary too like Oh, he's debuting new entrance music, and it was somebody along the lines like it was like a child song, and it was like "I want to be Hulk Hogan" or something like that. The <laughs> dumbest thing, just over and over again. I want to be Hulk, like ridiculous. If, man, if we talked about every stupid thing about this Dave Sullivan guy, I mean, I'm sure maybe you know what? Maybe he's a nice fella. Like I don't want to shit on him. Well, his brother but, uh, wasn't, so yeah. <laughs> God, this is just like. So Dave Sullivan, so basically the backstory here, at least from what I'm gathering, is that uh, Dave Sullivan loves Hulk Hogan. He's he's the biggest Hulkamaniac there is. Kevin Sullivan is not the biggest Hulkamaniac there is. Therefore, they are going to fight each other. I think that's Makes the, sense. Uh, I guess the general premise that we got here. That's the foundation that we're building on. A family torn due to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> due to different preferences on Hulk Hogan. <laughs> God, um, great. Yeah, and this is great spot for for this match on the card. As good as any, I yeah. guess. Everyone needs to take a piss at this point. Again, tying into that Hulk Hogan drama. Yeah, God, and uh, so Dave Sullivan comes out in a robe, as you mentioned. Everyone had to have a robe, even though Hulk yep. Hogan never wore a robe. At least not as Hulk Hogan. Exactly. I don't believe. Uh, but don't worry, he had the T-shirt. He ripped it off. He had the tights. The knee pads, the boots, the hair, everything else was uh, pretty on par. Besides the body shape. 
Uh, you know, we we don't talk about that. <laughs> we, we we leave that alone. <laughs> I think that I was mean, even mentioned too, mentioned on commentary at one point, like something about how like his physique is just not like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he had like the same surface area. It was just uh, it moved more. I yeah, think. I get it. Gravity. <laughs> he was tall, right? He yeah, was he was tall. Some... Or was Kevin yeah. Sullivan just short? That too. He looked like Hulk Hogan standing next to. I would look like Hulk Hogan standing next to Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, Kevin Sullivan. What a guy. But this is this is pre Dungeon of Doom. Are you familiar with Dungeon of Doom at all? Uh, I'm not. I've heard of the name before. I've just never. I have no idea. I'll I'm very vaguely way. familiar. I know it's a very like uh, evil uh, Undertaker esque. Dare I say? Uh, I think that's where Big Show came in. If I'm not mistaken. Got it. The yet the, the yete. Are you, are you familiar with the yete? Yep, of course. The yete. Who isn't? Who isn't? <laughs> I would prefer the yete over this match because boy, howdy, it was just a lot of uh, let me punch you, and then you can punch me, and then uh, we'll uh, headlock for a little bit, and then we'll uh, punch again, and then yeah. we'll uh, we'll have a count out uh, finish. It's like watching Monday Night Raw. <laughs> it really. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, but, but don't bury it that much. But thank God this match wasn't restarted. Let's put it. Let's just say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, like how crowds usually chant five more minutes after the, there's a time limit draw. Yeah, there was none of that after this match. It was yeah, we're good. Move on. Exactly. The fact that two brothers are fighting over the fact that one really likes Hulk Hogan. Yeah, like the family torn. Hulk Hogan ruins everything. That's the tagline there. <laughs> really could have been something. What could have been? Yeah. Uh, but uh, another a fun fact, though, because I'm also going through uh, ECW in this era and uh, their first extreme championship wrestling show, or at least like big show was uh, a couple weeks after this. And uh, Mick Foley was on that ECW show. And he basically at some point in the show was like, uh, next time I meet you, I'm going to have a tag team partner. And that partner is going to be Kevin Sullivan. So, but I don't think Kevin Sullivan leaves. So who knows what that's all about? And I'm, I'm just thinking that as I'm talking. So maybe it's just ECW just talking shit for the sake of talking shit. Yeah, it could be because they were all kind of competing with each other at the same time. And also, again, Kevin Sullivan was a was a WCW guy, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't he was know. pretty much there till the end, I think, now that yeah. I'm thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I don't even remember who went. I think it was a double count out, right? This match. Yeah. Th- yeah. This one was a count out. Well, actually, no, D- Dave Sullivan was technically the winner mm. um, because it was a count out. Right. But that's I mean, right. You know, I remember seeing that because he was celebrating again, much similar to the Johnny B. Bad win by, or at least like retaining the title by a time limit draw. Yeah. If Dave Sullivan celebrating like he just, like, I don't know, like he won the World Series. I'm telling you, know? you it's, like, it's like we're watching Monday Night Raw, like a couple, of, only a couple matches in, and two of them were like one's a count out, one's a time limit draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There can't just be a normal. A normal finish. Even the tag team match before this had some hullabaloo involved. So, yeah. And the reasoning for those countouts or uh, time draw, time limit draws, those are typically used to further a story. And these mm-hmm. stories have been further. You know, these have already been furthered already. So, 
<laughs> yeah. Just dragging it out at this point. It's, it's something because we all need to have Kel Kevin Sullivan and Dave Sullivan round two. You know, we got yeah. built to that. We got built yeah. anticipation. Yep. But after this, we have something at least a little bit uh, edible. Yes. Ar Arn Anderson versus Dustin Rhodes. So uh talked about this earlier, how they, the whole War Games thing. Um, these are the two guys that actually started out that War Games match. Um, so now we have them facing each other here and basically the premise. So a few months ago, um, while Dustin was trying to, uh, he was feuding with Bunkhouse Buck and Terry Funk. So he recruited Arn Anderson as his partner. But lo and behold, Arn Anderson ended up turning on Dustin Rhodes, that dastardly horseman. And uh, now we have a match here. So that's basically it. And uh, yeah, this match was uh, really good. Definitely by, by far the best match of the show at this point. I agree. A lot of, um, and the one thing I really noticed about this match is the intensity of it. Like these guys, fe it felt like they believed in what they were doing in there. And it, it allowed me to believe that these guys were fighting. And I think that's like a lost art nowadays. It really is. And that's a, that's a, one of the best things about Arn Anderson. Like we see Arn Anderson as, uh, like a trainer or manager, sort of say, for Cody Rhodes in AEW. And even in that role, you can see how intense he is. Mm -hmm. Not even being in the ring. He's just an overly intense guy. And Dustin Rhodes, too. Dustin Rhodes, whatever people say about the characters he's played, he's a very successful wrestler, you know? Mm -hmm. So to see these two go at it, Dustin Rhodes was able to, to go really well in the ring then and now. So if you if, if for people who are listening who who watch today's product, if you see if you think Dustin Rhodes is great today, you know, think of him in 90, 94, 93. <laughs> mm -hmm. He Fresh was great. For, exactly. Fresh yeah, it this always caught me off guard because yeah. like I always because he's like a year or two away from Gold Dust, right? And um, I don't really remember like Gold Dust being particularly good in the ring. Maybe that's what his character was. I mean, I guess it was obviously a more character-based uh, kind of thing he was going for. So maybe that wasn't as high as a priority. Goldust was not necessarily great in the ring. He was more of an attraction. Like people love to see. He was he was the entertainment, and you know that's right. kind of that's kind of a negative way to like talk about him because he was so such a like a like a polarizing figure in wrestling. Mm -hmm. But he was entertaining. But like he was entertaining with the moves. Like the moves that he had was. Mm -hmm able to draw people in yeah yeah exactly he, i mean he almost really kicked off the attitude era with the stuff he was doing yeah really um but yeah i mean yeah even you know pre-gold dust still really really good in the ring definitely akin to what we see on aw nowadays um and obviously arn anderson i mean you, you nailed it he's so great at everything he does definitely one of the most underrated guys ever and wrestling. I'm so stoked I get six. I think it's in 95 when he has his feud with uh, Ric Flair. So I'm definitely excited to watch uh, watch those matches. But uh, yeah, really good match. And the end comes when uh, Arn Anderson goes for a pile driver. But uh, Dustin counters and flips him over. But Anderson rolls through. Uh, but he grabs the ropes for leverage for the pin. But the ref sees it. And as Arn is arguing with the ref, uh, Dustin kind of just rolls him up for the quick pin and gets the win over Arn Anderson. Uh, but you know, those dastardly heels and what they do tax him after the match gives him a wicked DDT. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. If this match, 
really, really good match, like I said. Uh, but it felt like it felt like the shortest match of the show at this point. It almost felt like it had another gear to it. Yeah, it honestly it did, and be, it's because I think these two are are really good, and they're they're not necessarily they're quick, but they're not quick. If that makes sense, like they're quick because they know exactly what they're doing and what they're going to do next. You know, being right. big, being bigger guys. But I think the cool thing also to think about this match is who was the booker. Who was booking all these things in WCW at the time? It was Dusty Rhodes. Right. So someone who's so in- involved with Arn Anderson and then Dustin Rhodes being his son, I think he had a really great hand in, you know, booking this match and doing everything for this match. I think that also plays a hand into why this match was so damn great for that, for that card, at least. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good call. Um, definitely had all the tools to work with there. But uh, so, yeah, Dustin gets the win, but really kind of walks out the loser. But, uh, man, another guy your grandfather probably liked. We have Jim Duggan. Oh, there it is. There it is. That whole shit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just more like right in your face. The only guy who can get a piece of wood over. Two by four. There, you know, you ever you ever just have too many jokes to make, so you you don't know which one to go with. Yeah, and I kind of was trying to set you up there too. And God, yeah, I'll, I'll edit it in post. We'll, yeah. we'll come up with something hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know Val Venus, but anyways, so we have uh, the U.S. title is on the line. The champ Hexall Jim Duggan versus stunning Steve Austin. What great hair he had. Yeah, I was about to ask, what did you think about seeing uh, Steve in this like incarnation of his character? You know, it was so funny because you see him, he like presented himself the same way as Stone Cold Steve Austin, like his walk and his his mm-hmm. like mannerisms. But seeing him with hair that was like like nicely parted and things like like it just it looked like he was wearing a wig, like Stone Cold Steve Austin in a wig. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because he's moving like Steve, like Stone Cold. He's talking like Stone Cold. Yep. In all, in all reality, we're not that far away from it. No, we're not. Only a couple of years. Exactly. So it's, he's almost transitioning into that character, but it's literally stone cold with a wig. Just <laughs> think about how it. quickly he, he 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 went bald. Yeah. I mean, because uh, he, he went to ECW. So th- this basically is his last program before he leaves WCW and goes to ECW for a little bit. Well, um, sorry about that. You're a goddamn professional, Joey. I know. <laughs> Do I need to call that. somebody? No, I accidentally uh, my phone do went I need off. Issue an Amber Alert. You know what's funny? I do this to myself all the time. My phone will go off, and I'll hit like the the button to ignore it, and I accidentally yeah. hit the emergency thing, and it's like, do we need to send, <laughs> send help? And then, like an alarm goes off, and I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. Well, if I hear fire trucks in the background, I'll understand what the situation is. I guess I apologize for that. I'm just such a <laughs> such a. I have so many needy people around me. Hey, you're you're in high demand these days, is what I hear. <laughs> yeah, well, st- stunning Steve Austin. I'm sorry to, uh, yeah, but stunning Steve Austin, like you were saying. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying. Probably nothing important. Um, but yeah, man, this. Oh, so that's right. So this was his like last program with WCW. Exactly, and you can kind of get the sense why because the previous pay per view fall brawl. So he was slotted to face because he walked in the champ and he was slotted to face Ricky Steamboat for the title. 
Got it. But uh, Steamboat had gotten his pretty much career ending injury previous to that. So um, he was unable to compete. So they basically subbed in Jim Duggan at the last minute. Um, and it caught Steve Austin off guard. So Jim Duggan literally squashed him in maybe like four seconds. So uh, we have Hacksaw Jim Duggan in 1994 uh, burying what would become the biggest figure in wrestling in a matter of a few years. Yeah. Hindsight's a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like where it started to went down for Steve, I guess, as far as how he was being booked and how he was perceived. But yeah, so the match here was, uh, it was fine. It was kind of forgettable. Um, for, from what I remember, Austin pretty much carried it, um, which is no surprise. Just looking at this match on paper. Um, but man, so we have, what, what, what kind of finishes have we had on the show? We had a disqualification. We had a, not, not, but we had like a, a time limit draw. Count out. Yeah, count out. And now had, you know, this. <laughs> holding the ropes. Now we have Steve Austin gets disqualified by throwing Jim Duggan over the top rope. Yep. Because that's still a thing. Trying to get away from a clothesline. And that, uh, I guess, made the referee disqualify him. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I'm watching it, and it's like, okay, is he trying to get disqualified? Was it just a mistake? Um, yeah, it's just a really bizarre rule, especially when you're conditioned as we are um, yeah. in 2021, where that's just a normal spot you see in a match. But uh, it's funny because Austin faced uh, the great Muda a few months ago on pay-per-view with the exact same finish. So maybe that's just his thing. Maybe that's yeah. his character he's trying to get over, you know? Could be someone who tries to get out of like like playing that heel role, trying to get out of the matches and whatnot. I guess they're they're varying the, these bullshit finishes. I guess yeah, He's giving you something a little different. Uh, so Austin retains the title because you can't lose the title over an over the top rope finish. I guess, but uh, you know Jim Duggan's not too pleased of that, so he grabs his wood and uh, runs Austin off with it. Yeah. Sounds any about right. On this match, any any other uh, thoughts of this uh, Jim Duggan shenanigans? Nothing much other than him, you know, grabbing his wood, trying to hit Austin with it. Austin running That's... away. He didn't want Duggan's wood. No, who does? <laughs> who, no one can handle the wood of Duggan. You know, <laughs> that's what they say. Yeah. Um, but maybe these two fellows can. Guardian Angel and Vader have a one on one contest here. Another rematch of previous so this is like the the fourth or fifth wcw 94 show i've covered and i think these guys have faced on at least four out of five of them and uh i kind of want to get your thoughts on this because i I was like i said i was comparing it to those previous matches so what, what did you think of this match in general i was such a huge fan of vader so i really just loved everything that he did this was probably one of the first matches on the entire card that we actually got like a pinfall win, like like it actually was a was a yeah. finished match. So I did enjoy it more than I probably should have. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm I was just always a fan of Vader, despite him being a heel or a face. This Guardian Angel, I mean, I didn't know much about him, so I just do. Do you know who he is? No, he's a big boss man. You know what? Oh my god! Yeah, I should have known that. Know it. I should have known that because when I when he was making his entrance, I'm like, they were they did a close up on his face. I'm like, I know who this is, but I right. can't put my finger on it. 
Yeah, they didn't have the song saying that he was from Cobb County, Georgia. So yeah. probably threw you for a loop. Boss, there. Probably man. Confused too. Exactly. Became the boss. Not Sasha Banks. <laughs> the, the original boss. The original boss. Man. The man. <laughs> but it's it's funny because uh, he came into WCW as the boss, but uh, there was a little cease and desist uh, issued towards WCW because apparently it was too close. Um, no way. WWF doing such a thing? You, you, who would think, right? They would never do such a thing. No. Because he also had like the nightstick and everything. And they were yep. like, nope, you can't use the nightstick. You can't be anything remotely. You can't have boss in your name. Yep. Can't be Hugo boss. Can't be boss man. You, can, you can't be any of that, right? Yeah. It's the same company that didn't let a Rhodes use his last name. So it's, well, man, a lot of tie ins here. A lot, a lot of uh, webs being weaved. Yep. Um, so it went with guardian angel, which when I saw it on paper originally, like the first time I was about to watch one of these shows, I thought he was going to come out with like wings and like a white jumpsuit of some sort, maybe a, a repel from the, the ceiling of some, you know, I'm glad you weren't uh, set on that. I, I, you know what? I don't know if that would have been worse <laughs> or better to be honest. <laughs> it came out Apparently, this, like red thing. I don't know what he was wearing. So it's like, uh, it's like a local New York thing, which of course, why wouldn't you put a local reference for your uh, global audience, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and the, the Guardian Angels were like, uh, man, I keep, I keep trying to like research this, but I always forget. They're like kind of like uh, organized. Uh, they fight crime, basically, but they're like not official police or anything. They're just like vigilantes, I guess. Vigilantes slash superhero type. Exactly. Nonsense. Um, because when you see guardian angel here in his t-shirt and slack you think superhero right of course and with his size too i'm like this guy can fly oh exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh man in his french beret it was all good it was all good it's good shit pal yeah but yeah pretty solid match here it's always good to see two big sweaty men slapping meat you know i'm never gonna never gonna shy away from that you know of course. Um, Vader, yeah, I'm always, I'm a huge Vader fan myself. It's always fun. It's Vader it's time. Not, it's not fun wrestling him, I'm sure, but God oh, no. damn it. <laughs> yeah, no. Watching it all day long. Being in there with him, never. Man, is this show in Idaho? Because lots of potatoes. <laughs> lots of potatoes. <laughs> Idaho? No, Utaho. <laughs> That's how we'll start the show. I'll just put that in the front. Right. <laughs> So the uh, the finish of this match comes when uh, Guardian Angel hits the Boss Man Slam, but uh, Harley Race, who is with Vader at this point, climbs up onto the apron to distract him. So Angel and Harley Race are going at it. Angel starts uh, chasing Harley Race around the ring. Um, Harley gets on the apron, and that's where Guardian Angel catches him and suplexes him. But right after he suplexes him, Vader comes in with a big splash. Bam. And Gets the win. I thought that was actually a pretty cool ending myself. Yeah, definitely. It was, you know, dusty finish, whatever it is, but I thought it was kind of unique. Like I said, I was finally happy to get a clean finish on this on this card. You know, like like at least a, a full pinfall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's saying something when manager interference, but it's still like kind of clean. Labels it as a clean finish. Yeah, for the rest of the card. At least it yeah. was. At least it was finished. It wasn't like a a DQ or a time limit draw right. or any other thing that they could possibly do, you know, 
mm-hmm. to not get a pinfall win, but whatever. You could put attack mark in the win or loss column. Yeah. For this I'll match. watch a Vader bomb all day long. Every day. Eight nights a week. Yep. But uh man, we have uh Terry Funk and Bunkhouse Buck versus Bunkhouse. the Nasty Boys. You, you you big Bunkhouse fan? No. <laughs> no, no. Not a fan. Terry a fan. Funk? Yes. I, I would rather have watched Terry Funk just come out and just be Terry Funk for 10 minutes, I think. Yeah. I'd prefer to. What an insane individual this guy is. He's, uh, honestly, the only thing about this match that I remember is uh, Terry Funk, for whatever reason, is uh, as my fucking heater goes off, is, uh, ter- ter- Terry Funk grabs a steel chair and hits himself in the head with it. Not once, not twice, but like 15 fucking times. And then uh, that's pretty much all I remember. And, oh, in the finish. We can't, we can't, you know. That finish, finish. man. I was going to say, got to get some my pumpkins th- up in here. My favorite finish of the night. Seriously. Was, uh, <laughs> it's cause it's, so it's Halloween Havoc, everybody, right? So pumpkins, Halloween. So the nasty boys have a pumpkin. They uh, bring it into the ring. I think it's uh, Sags that brings it into the ring. Yep. And he uh, gives Terry Funk a pile driver through the pumpkin. Through it. Splash. Gone. By God. By God, King, that man has a family. (laughs) So, yeah, that was pretty much the only part of that match that I enjoyed. What about you? That honestly, I, I couldn't agree more. That 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 ending uh was probably my favorite. That honestly for, for Terry Funk, that was the perfect ending for that match because it involved Terry Funk. Yeah. And he always does exactly. these crazy things. But out of the whole pay-per-view, this was probably my favorite finish because it tied into the whole theme of the damn show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that match probably started out, but they're like going every over everything. Yeah. Terry Funk probably leans over like, hey, God damn, it's a Halloween. Well, if we got pumpkin, I got power driving through it. <laughs> and honestly, and it wasn't did. a great match. It wasn't like, no, like it, it was, it was ridiculous to be honest with you. But yeah. the ending kind of made it like kind of popped me a little bit. It popped me hard. Maybe yeah. pop a, at least a half chub on that one. Yeah. So, uh, man, but after this, we got the greatest Muhammad Ali. Is in the ring. This is a thing. So, uh, yeah, going back to what you were saying earlier, WCW at this point, they're doing everything they can to compete with WWF because it's well before uh, Nitro, at least like a year or so before Nitro. Um, so they're really capitalizing. They're trying to uh, fill the crowd with celebrities on these pay-per-views. And Muhammad Ali is the biggest one that they have uh, on this night. So they have a little segment here in the ring. So Muhammad Ali's there, Eric Bischoff's there, and I think it's Bill Shaw is there, and they're basically presenting Muhammad Ali with a plaque. I forget what exactly the plaque was for. It was something for his foundation or something like that. That's right, yeah. Some excellence, some sort of award. Yeah. Uh, Muhammad Ali did not seem thrilled for whatever reason. He looked uh, confused, maybe. Maybe yeah. uh, This is pre-Parkinson's, I believe, right? I believe so. And it was also just because he honestly, it's because he knew exactly what was like, what they were trying to do. Yeah. Kind of like going back to the theme we said before, like rewriting history. 
Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like it does it doesn't come off genuine when you're trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. It didn't capture the magic of uh, WrestleMania. No. When he first appeared there. But by God, they'll try. Of course. They got the they got the same talent, so it might as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally this whole show is. And you can't get you can't represent that more than the main event. The WCW world title is on the line in a salad steel cage. And it is a retirement match. So whoever loses this match will retire forever. Career versus career. It was man. What a moment this was, you know? Yep. The last match, the last match. So we got Hulk Hogan, the champ versus Ric Flair. Woo. Sorry. I had to woo. Do woo. Indeed. So we have uh, Mr. <laughs> T is a special guest referee. Cause why wouldn't he? It's a nice rhyme. Mr. T, the referee, the special guest referee. Oh, I like it. I like it. I'm sure Michael Buffer got that in there. Yeah. Probably didn't because he fucking sucks. Anyways. He sucks, period. (laughs) So, yeah, I alluded to this earlier. But what popped me was, you know, they 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 announced this match. They repel the cage or deep, deep hell, repel the cage lowers. But it's like tilted almost completely sideways. Yeah. And that's the most WCW thing that could happen. <laughs> We're going to make it work. <laughs> Fuck it. Just hang it up there. Hang Don't it. Measure nothing. If it falls, we got we got TNT money. <laughs> you know, you're joking. Yeah. But that's probably not that far from the truth. <laughs> so we got a we got we got a we got a barn burner here. We have a steel cage. Hogan Flair. Man, 94. This is like. The match of all matches. And you can't forget about the MVPs of this match. Sensational Sherry and Jimmy Hart. Well, man, there was. <laughs> Can we talk about Sherry just jumping off the top of the cage onto her feet like it was nothing? Dude, her voice was so annoying this entire match. <laughs> she was a ball of energy, wasn't she? She does. And even before, like before they did this whole match and Flair was cutting his promo in the back, she'd like butt in and he'd be like, oh, oh okay. Like it was just. She'd be like, yeah, like anything that he said, she like emphasized it. And, you know, yeah. Flair, Flair doesn't need that. So it was just awkward. I was about to say, if, if anybody is just <laughs> emphasizing every <laughs> syllable they say already is Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan. So, I mean, the promos between these guys is just like, man, just yelling at each other for a little bit. Yep. So the match gets underway. You know, the, Flair spends most of the match attacking the leg. Of Hogan, because remember that damned masked guy, the masked um, man, attacked him with some not the masked singer, not the masked no, no, dancer. No. It's the masked man. But maybe this is a uh, kind of a precursor to the masked singer. Who yeah, it could be. Could be. Maybe we'll see Brutus Beefcake on there one day. You're spoiling things, man. Oh shit! Sorry, sorry. I mean the the, the mysterious masked. And that's man. not even his name. <laughs> it was uh oh my god! What was it? It was like brother. Brother, right? brother, Brutus brother Brutus or something. Yeah, something like that. It was like, <laughs> just call him Beefcake or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what else. They made a reference to it, too. Yeah, I think it was Heenan. He made like a, he's like, oh, he butchered something or something. Yes. <laughs> the Butcher. Yeah. I don't know. If, was that like his name at some point in WCW? No, in, in WWE, he was, uh, uh, what was it? 
Or right, he was the barber in WWE. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And WCW, barber... did, they, did they make him the butcher in WCW? Oh no, I'm not. I'm not even sure. This guy had his name just in general was confusing as hell to say, and changing mm-hmm. it just you know messed me up. Yeah, Brutus the barber, beef. What I don't know. Beefcake. Beefcake. Of course. Of yeah. course. I was thinking about it. I was like, do I really want to say that? I don't want to say he's a beefcake, but that was his name. <laughs> you can't say that and be wrong. You have to be yeah. pretty confident. Yeah. Like it kind of just came off the tongue like that. And I was like, all right, that's definitely his name. And it go must have that. been a good name then if it comes off natural, you know? Yeah. It's huge ass scissors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Mr. T is a ref. And I mentioned that because uh, a lot of the backstory of this is uh, they're kind of like teasing animosity between Mr. T and Hogan who are uh, friends, but uh, there was some amateur camera footage caught of uh, Mr. T and Ric Flair coming out of a restaurant. Uh-oh. So, yeah, so what's, I mean. Were they on a date? They could have been. I mean, is he the boyfriend of Ric Flair? Is Are they going to you know be in cahoots? He's the masked man behind the masked man? Can oh, it be? Oh, man. This is just layered, layered <laughs> upon layered. That's not long-term uh, booking, kid. <laughs> and nothing says long-term booking like sensational sherry climbing the cage to get into the ring um but i should say before that so hogan accidentally knocked over mr t ran into him you know he's hulking up he was all sweaty and baby oil was in his eyes whatever it was mr t's down so now that gives the opportunity for sherry to get into the cage so she climbs it um but jimmy hart is there don't worry, everybody, to uh, <laughs> put a halt to this climbing. And how do you ask, does Jimmy Hart stop Sherry from climbing, climbing the cage? Well, he rips her skirt off. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> oh, man. So she's like halfway up the cage. Jimmy Hart grabs her by the uh, the skirt, rips it off. And Sherry's all befuddled because, of course, why wouldn't she be? Uh, big pop, probably the biggest pop of the night, to be honest. Yep. And then uh, so but Sherry, you know, she's she's not too pleased with this. So she takes out Jimmy Hart because Jimmy Hart's a pussy, I guess. And yep. then uh, so Sherry starts to climb the cage again. But in comes Sting. Sting. Blonde it's hair. Sting. Blonde. Give, give, give me an it's Sting. It's Sting. Thank you. So Sting comes in (laughs) and uh, just grabs Sherry by the hair because there's nothing else to grab her by at this point, I guess. Yeah. Yanks her down. Who who comes out under the ring? The masked singer comes out (laughs) and attacks Sting. Oh, man, it's not Lil Wayne or whoever. I don't watch the show, isn't it? It wasn't like Lil Wayne on that show at some point or something. It's like all the all the artists who just like fell off sometime. And like, uh, who's uh, who's by you drank? T-Pain. T-Pain. That's who I'm thinking of. I met that guy once. He's actually a really nice guy. Is he? He has, he has some pipes on him, actually. He's a very he, good acoustic singer. Very good. Well, we'll do a whole separate podcast just talking about T-Pain for an hour, yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> T-Pain. The pain of talking about T-Pain. There it is. That's money. That's money just being left on the table. So, uh, so Sting's out because of the mass Singer attacking him. Jimmy Hart's out because of getting attacked by Sherry. So Sherry is now available to climb the cage. 
climbs to the top of the cage and just jumps off the top with a double axe handle onto Hogan like it was nothing. But Hogan equally treats it like it was nothing. Like, whoa, did a fly just hit me or something? (laughs) Turns around and then all hell breaks loose. He just starts giving big boots to Sherry, big boots to Flair. He's clotheslining them both. He's hulking up, brother! Brother, brother. Uh, Mr. T is handcuffed to the ring ropes, I should mention. Um, Don't know why, but he is. I think Sherry does it eventually at some... I don't know. There was so much hullabaloo going on in this match. It's hard to keep track. But Hulk, eventually, the aforementioned Hulk up brother happens. And then Hogan takes out Sherry and Flair. Big boot to Flair, leg drop. You know the deal. Pulls Flair over to where uh, Mr. T is handcuffed to the rope so he can make the count. One, two, three. Hogan retains the world title and Ric Flair retires. You mean that's real? He's it was a retirement match. I don't know if you caught that earlier. Uh, the loser has to retire forever. Yeah, but um, Ric Flair doesn't retire. Well, that's not what they told me. Foreshadowing to the future. I don't know. <laughs> they told me the same thing. How many times has, has he retired more than Terry Funk? I've lost count at this point. I don't know. Ric Flair has retired more times than Big Show has turned face and heel. <laughs> Let's not get carried away, you know. <laughs> I'm just thinking of this now. What are the odds we get Charlotte Flair versus Ric Flair at some point? I mean, it's coming. WrestleMania 37. Man. Ric Flair versus Charlotte Flair. Winner gets Lacey Evans. (laughs) (laughs) Can't can't, can't go wrong. Lacey Evans on a pole match. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we we kind of joke about this, but they did do Vince McMahon versus Stephanie McMahon. So it's it's not completely out of the realm of possibility, you know? No. Is it, I think that's the one where Stephanie got mauled by Lesnar, right? Or A-Train? A-Train. Yes. Yes, that, that, that was the finish of the match. I think she got like bare, uh, she got like splashed in the corner or something. Albert. Uh, what, what's your favorite uh, favorite Matt Bloom character? I, uh, Tensai. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like how quickly that came out of your mouth. Tensai. That makes me believe you're being real. I was trying to think about that character for a second, and that... At first, it was like it was King Tensai, and then it became Tensai, and then it became Dancing Tens. Yes, Sweet Tea. <laughs> Sweet Tea is my favorite, personally. Sweet Tea with with Brodus Clay. God, it's a, I, I never thought there'd be a worse name for him than Prince Albert, but uh, who's booking this shit? Come on, <laughs> poor Albert. Sweet Tea, not Iced Tea. This ain't no, Law no. and Order. It's Sweet Tea. Yeah, they're going to get that cease and desist, brother, if they call him iced tea, you know? Right. 99 cents at McDonald's. Sweet tea. There it is. See, they, they had they had the branding. They just didn't capitalize <laughs> on it. They could have had sponsors on sponsors. But nope, they bungled it like they always do. And I feel like I'm I, we're like being disrespectful to this match because we're talking about sweet tea and Brodus Clay. There's never a bad time to talk about sweet tea and Brodus Clay. How dare That's you? Right. Well, we'll, we'll kind of go from Brodus Clay to, to brother, uh, brother Broody. There it who, is. Who just betrayed everyone. Right. So, first of all, actually, you know, there's a lot of silliness in this match, but it was very entertaining. Um, I mean, it's the main event. You know, Hogan and Flair, even at this point, they're going to get the crowd going. Um, really entertaining match. Um, but then after the match, as you mentioned, 
we have the Brutus Butcher Beef Man coming out. The mass dancer. The mass dancer. Singer. singer. He's both. I think he's both, actually. Uh So he's multifaceted, this beefcake fella. (laughs) And then uh, so I think, you know, the mass guy, he gets in the ring. He uh, I think he tries to attack Hogan, if I remember correctly. For about 25 minutes before Hogan turns around. Yeah, exactly. He he's, he's holding this hilarious, <laughs> unnecessarily long pipe, quote unquote. Looks it like looks he's like at T-ball of... practice, just waiting to like <laughs> hit the ball and just like waits for 15 minutes. You would think he would hit Hogan in the back. But nope. to set up what actually happened, Hogan had to be turned around. He's, he has to look into his eyes as he hits him with this piece of PVC yeah. pipe, I'm assuming it is. And did he hit him? Mm-mm. No, Hulk Hogan being the all the, the real American that he is, caught it. It's the power of America. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what you get when you eat your milk and drink your vitamins. You yeah, know? of course. I drink my vitamins all the time. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, <laughs> that's what we call them. That's what we call them on the down low. <laughs> so, drink your vitamins. Drink your vitamins. But blend beef them all cake, yeah. Beefcake, evidently, did not blend anything up before this because he just got thwarted by Hogan. Just got his ass kicked right there and his mask got ripped off and exposed to the world that it's Brutus the Barber Beefcake and the crowd goes mild. Because this was Hogan's friend. How could he re- how, how could he betray him? Yeah, I'll just get Bubba the Love Sponge or fucking uh, man, all of his ridiculous friends are already there so I can't even think of any other examples. Mr. It's TV. only pro wrestling. Like, How could you betray your best friend? Oh man, who would have thought? Who would have thought? And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much. How does the show end? So, no, so they beat up on Hogan, right? Yeah, I'm, and I'm like, even forgetting how the show ended. A few people come out to help. Uh, bro- oh, that's right. We get um, like what is his name? Tugboat at one yes. point. Yes. Was it okay? Was it Tugboat or Earthquake, or is, are those the same people? Uh, I don't know. I, I just think it was Earthquake. Me. It might have been Earthquake. You know what? I'm, I'm going to look at, you know, I'm not going to look it up. I don't care. It was some big man that was some sort of natural disaster. Let's put it, let's put it that way. Are you, you got your Google fingers going over there? Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Okay, I'll look it up too. Just so we have the facts for the people because it's very important. All right. It says Tugboat aided uh, Hulk Hogan in this feud with Earthquake. And, okay, so maybe it's different. So is it Tugboat? Oh, wait. No, no. He. Brody, Kevin Soul, Avalanche. So he goes by Avalanche in WCW, but he was Earthquake. Okay, Earthquake. So it, it, it was not Tugboat. Tugboat was uh, someone else, I think. It was Earthquake. You're right. John Tenta, Earthquake. There we go. See, we figured it out. Passed away and in 2006. I, he sure did. God rest his soul. And <laughs> <laughs> moment of respect. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that happens. So tug or uh, fucking tugboat. Earthquake comes out. Earthquake. Sherry's still there. Uh, who else? Brutus is out there, and they all beat up Hogan. Yeah, it was like a three on lane. three or four on one attack. That's pretty much how the show ends. Like this all ties back to the weird like pacing of the show because this all yeah, Hogan's on top. The culmination of of a month several month long rivalry. He beat Ric Flair. The match of the ages. And then after that, we have Brutus Beefcake and Earthquake attack him. It's like, oh, how could I forget this? All right. So now we just said it was like three on one attack, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was so Hogan was getting beat down by, like you said, Avalanche or Earthquake, whatever the hell his name is, mm-hmm. Brutus. And it was Kevin Sullivan 
Ah, uh, <laughs> Kevin Sullivan literally for no reason comes out there and then he gets like shoot away immediately, doesn't he? Yeah, and they, they were like making the, they were making their day. He, uh, Avalanche was making his debut in WCW. And uh, do you remember how that how the show actually ended? Like who made the save? I don't. It was Sting. That's Sting, right. yep. Sting made the save. And that show ends with him holding holding the WCW world title. And I, I don't mm-hmm. remember if he if he handed it to Hogan, but I, I remember him holding it like right. looking at Hogan. Be like, listen, man, your time is coming. Mm. So I'm looking because I'm trying to remember if this is like a precursor to the Dungeon of Doom, but I don't. I mean, there are a lot of members in it. Holy shit. Vader was in it. Uh, Hugh Morris was in it. I don't see Earthquake or Avalanche, so I guess probably not. But listen, this was a company where the whole roster was the NWO. So exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to like rationalize why Kevin Sullivan was out there, but apparently there's just no reason. But uh, maybe we'll find out on WCW Saturday night uh, afterwards. But uh, yeah, man, that pretty much uh, brings the show to a close. They kind of just pan over to the commentary and they start talking about things, talking about Ric Flair and how he's retired. What a career he's had. Shame we won't get to see him wrestle again ever. Little do they know. (laughs) A matter of months later. (laughs) 2021 on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, (laughs) but actually, man, that is is insane. Um, Yeah, man, overall... Halloween Havoc 94. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up your ass, thumbs in the middle. What do you, what do you give it? Uh, well, I mean, it's kind of hard to make a decision off that one because they all sound great. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this one thumbs up, honestly, because not necessarily the matches, but the people involved in this show, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Arn Anderson, Dustin, Hogan, Flair, Sting, Vader, just great legends in the business. and nowadays looking back and reflecting on them they were they were great in the ring and yeah that it doesn't matter if, if half the matches were uh, a time limit draw or dq or whatever the hell they were just the fact that you can go back and watch these guys i don't know it's just fun for me yeah no i agree i always say it's always an easy watch these shows because like you said there's like a mix of kind of the legends, even at, in 94, there were legends like Vader and yep. Sting and Flair and guys like that. But you also get guys, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, you get to watch guys that go on to be huge stars. Of course, like, like stu- stunning Steve Austin. Exactly. Um, so you got a blend of that and you got some, a uh, little bit of a uh, buff Bagwell in there. So it's a recipe for success always. Um, and they're not even remotely close to their peak at this point. I, but I think it's only up from here until it uh until it isn't but yep yeah i agree pretty fun show um gave me all i wanted and yeah that's pretty much all i got any any, any last any last thoughts no i, I think that um, we kind of we talked about every part of this show um the one part that we didn't talk about there was a match that was scheduled i think it was booker t was supposed yes. to be in the match it was like the Harlem Heat was supposed to face like the Armstrongs or something. And then mm-hmm. there was some, cause I looked it up cause I saw like before I even watched it, I looked it up to see what the matches were. And I was like, all right, let me see. And I saw Booker T was supposed to be in a match, the Harlem Heat versus the, like Brian Armstrong and his brother. And then something happened apparently in their family where one of them couldn't be there. So it just became a singles match on like, really? the, like a pre-show or something like their main event. Yeah. thing. And it was Booker T with Stevie Ray versus, 
uh, Scott or Brian Armstrong? One of the two Armstrongs. I think it's Brian, if I remember correctly, because I remember seeing it on the card before I watched the show too, and I was kind of excited to watch some early Booker T. But yeah, because I love Booker, loved Booker T back then. Love the GI bro. Yeah, love GI him. bro. He's coming for you, Hulk Hogan. He's yeah. coming for you. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely you know a good angle uh, to take on that. Uh, speaking of angles, hey, I, I hear you have a little podcast over there, the Angle Podcast. Yeah, you know, it's a little podcast. I just do it by myself and talk about just wrestling and stuff like that. Babble, babble yeah. alone in a dark corner. It's pretty much what I do, you know. <laughs> and I think a lot of other podcasters can attest to that too. Like, it's like, oh, how do you do your show? You know, I sit in my locker and just talk to myself. It is bizarre because I do a lot of solo stuff too, and it's just a weird feeling, especially like early on. It was like, man, I'm just talking to myself. Is anybody even going to listen? Let me ask you, do, did you ever have a, an issue with doing that? Like the adjusting to talking by yourself? Um, I mean, just like the initial, like first episode I did. Cause that's how I started my, my first like 20, 25 episodes were me just by myself. And I, there are like pros and cons. Yeah. Um, there is some, I, I don't know. I like, um, are you familiar with Bill Burr by yep. any chance? The comedian, do one of my favorites podcast. Yep. One of my favorite. I love comedy, by the way, stand-up comedy is one yeah. of my favorites. I almost, I almost, at one point, I wanted to try stand comedy. You should do it, man. I mean, not right now, but you know. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, no, yeah, that's that's also amateur because... hour. <laughs> you can do it like one of those Zoom. They do like Zoom comedy shows, which sounds horrendous. But, yeah. Um. But yeah, like my main like, uh, I guess like inspirations for podcasting is like comedy podcasts, like Bill Burr. Yep even like Joe Rogan or guys like like Tuesdays with stories. Are you familiar with that podcast? Yep. Mark. That's awesome. Yeah. So, well, yeah, Bill Burr, he's one of the first podcasts I was listening. I, I like ever listened to, and it's just him. It's not even like a, a topic. It's just him babbling, babbling about things that happened in his life in the past week. So there's like a, a sense of that, that I enjoy. I think yeah. it's fun, but there's also like, you can't really beat the back and forth between, uh, having someone else on. So I, I kind of try to mix it up nowadays. I thought I was having trouble when I first started doing it and yeah. people would tell me like, Oh, you sound great. Like doing it by yourself. And I'm like, what do you mean? And it's, and I kind of like, like kind of audited myself. And I found that I would start a conversation with myself, like start talking about something and it would just lead me into something else just based on the thoughts that I was just like spurring out. Yeah. That's not a bad thing though. No, it's not. I mean, it, it makes me seem like I'm crazy. I could talk to myself for yeah. an hour, but <laughs> it gives you, it gives you content to talk about, you know, seriously. But, but I, I always tell people like, if you enjoy what you're talking about and you're passionate about it there, you can talk to yourself for three hours about it. Yeah, absolutely. I would, uh, I I've enjoyed like getting like to know you and Kenny and all those guys. So I do enjoy, uh, having guests on, but every once in a while I do like to just, you know, lock myself in a closet and mumble to myself for an of hour. Of course. You know? Take some snacks with you and just do it. Yeah, exactly. Can't beat it. <laughs> just take all my clothes off, lube up, and then uh... wait for something to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. So where where can everybody find you? Yeah. So uh, the Angle Podcast. You can find me on all social media platforms at the Angle Radio. Uh, you can check out the website theangleradio.com. Uh, a bunch of interviews. A lot of good stuff coming up. Um, I have the real world champion, Nick Aldis, 
I just spoke to him a few days ago. Alicia Atu, one of the top interviewers in the business. And I also have uh, the TNA World Heavyweight Champion, Moose, uh, coming on there. So, Man. Yeah, some good what a, what good conversations. Yeah. It's, uh, I've been pretty lucky with getting people to say yes. I don't know what I do. I have this conversation with Kenny all the time. I'm like, I don't know what you ask. Like, how do you, how do you approach someone and hopefully they say yes? Like, like right. that, that could be a whole other podcast in itself, but yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've saw the Ryback one and uh, it's awesome. I can't wait to the, for the Nick, all of this one in particular. Cause he said he has like such an interesting story and where dude, he was today's wrestling seriously. And he, and he, he really is like the real world champion. I even discussed with him too, like where that came from. Like, how did he be, how did he become or how did he get named that? And he talked about how Ric Flair used to say it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And he kind of carried on that legacy, but it's because there is really no real world champion. Like he carries himself as a, as a champion should. Mm-hmm. And we, and we discuss other world champions in the business and how, like how he's superior and just his, his way of thinking about the business is like, it's so rare to find such a, yeah. such an interesting dude. Yeah, I haven't been watching, uh, what is it, Shockwave that yeah. he's been a part of. I've, I've watched a few of them. I haven't kept up with it as much as I've uh, wanted to. Yeah. Um, is Power is power coming back anytime soon? I did talk to him about that. It was kind of towards the end of the interview. He can't give me much, but he says sometime in spring, in the next couple of months. So okay. That's he said, ex- at least. not that it's coming back, but I expect some sort of announcement mm-hmm. about it. Well, uh, I'm all for more Nick Aldis in my life. So whatever yeah. it is, I'll take yeah. it. And always happy to have more Joey in my life. So yeah, thank you <laughs> once again. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thank you for making the time to uh, watch watch the show and uh, come and babble about it for a little bit. Of course, I always tell people I'm always in the mood to talk wrestling. You're never gonna get me to say no, even if oh, you hate yeah. everything I say, I'll still say yes. <laughs> Which I do, but you know, that's here, that's here, nor there. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man, and uh, we'll definitely do it again. Once again, thank you to Joey from the Angle Podcast for joining me today to dive in to some old school WCW. We loved having him on. And like I said, go check him out at theangleradio.com. All social media is at theangleradio. Good bloke over there. And uh, yeah, man, apronbump.com if you're already uh, not listening to me. Through there, you can listen to all my episodes at apronbump.com. You can also go to apronbump.com. How many times am I going to say it? apronbump.com to uh, click your favorite podcast platform. It'll link you out right to the app or to the uh, whatever the fuck, you know. And uh, YouTube links are up there as well. If that's the, uh, if you want to look at me talk, that's how you can do it. Um, love some uh some ratings some reviews um have a good amount so far and thank you so much for everybody that's given me a good rating and a good review i mean they've all been good thankfully apparently i don't suck as much as i think i do (laughs) appreciate the love and got a lot of stuff coming in march a little rundown of what you can expect from old hard boy over here march and this is in no particular order but we got TNA Lockdown 2005, we got WWF No Mercy 2001, WWF Survivor Series 1994, 
We got Ring of Honor Unscripted 2002. That's where they crowned the first tag team champions in ROH. And we got some progress chapter 11 to most likely close out the month. So make sure you subscribe to catch all of those episodes. And yeah, that's all daddy has for you today. Once again, thank you all for listening. I'm hard.